0: Hey friends, so today we have a cool uh, new episode. Last time we talked, we talked about uh, three awesome debt-free stories on people who graduated debt-free that would inspire you that student loans are unnecessary, but now sometimes people are motivated by, you know, inspiring stories, other times um, (laughs) by fear. (laughs) So uh, we're going to talk about five stories of student loan horror stories to hopefully encourage you away from doing student loans, and I am going to explain different parts of them. If you don't know what different uh, financial terms mean, and we're just going to get going on it. If you're interested in learning how to graduate from college debt-free, Please keep listening to this show and join our Facebook group, the Christian College Girl Community, on Facebook to get encouragement. And you can ask questions in there and get advice on your specific situation. And if you already have student loans, that's totally fine. We can talk about ways to just not have more, right? And so that you can actually get the student loans paid down, paid off, and be able to proceed um, until some scholarships and real rare school hacks got me through debt-free and I can show you how to do this as well. In this podcast, you'll find mental peace, answers for your future and enough money to kill it at college. So grab your cold brew and TI-89 and enroll in the most stress-free and debt-free class that you've ever attended. This is money and mental peace. Okay, so the first story, well, first let me tell you um, where I have these stories from. I actually, the last episode we did, I knew the several people who graduated from college debt-free, but these horror stories were actually from an article I had read. It is from the website savingforcollege.com, and it's student loan debt crisis stories, you know, so if you just google that. Um, And the funny, pithy Punny name at the top is light of the night of the living debt, haha, <laughs> get it? So yeah, we're gonna go through and I, I don't normally have shows uh, episodes where I like tell you about something that you could just read on your own, but I really want to emphasize um, that there are ways to run away from this type of topic. So some of the names have probably been changed. It said, but this girl named Erin will officially be Doctor Erin. Um. Uh, next week after the week that this article was written. And the bad news is that her student loan was listed at $280,000. It's definitely impacting her life after getting a doctorate, most certainly. And um, not only that, she's working on trying to buy a house, but along with that and paying down her student loans, it, it, it's just a mess. So basically with, with loans, right? Compound interest It can work both ways. With investing, if someone invests $100 every month, it not only is saving that, but it's growing in interest. Depending on how um, aggressive or not aggressive a a fund is that someone's saving in, it could grow a lot of interest. You know, it could be if you do that, say for retirement, $100 a month, every month, you know, for your working life, it could build up to a million dollars or more. But same with loans. This girl is saying that currently her student loan situation is a mess. She pays 400 plus per month in payments, right? Okay. And after two years of payment... If she's, she's only paid $1,000 towards the principal, the rest is just th- towards the interest, right? So every year, some more interest grows. And even when next year she starts paying $800 per month in additional payments, even with those additional amount of money, she won't be able to cover the monthly interest. And basically, in her lifetime, will never be able to pay that debt off. Now, what if she had instead been able to... Um, invest $400 per month in payments, not have to pay back her uh, student loan debt, right? So I'm going to do an example and I'm going to do it pretty conservative. Um, so if this girl instead had been able to invest $400 a month over 40 years, now ideally she'll live more than 40 years, right? She had said she'll never be able to pay it off the rest of her life. But let's say just for forty years, like retirement, she was investing four hundred dollars a month instead of paying it off. Um, and I'm only saying at a five percent interest rate. The reason being is, um, you can usually get up to ten and twelve at times. But just so that we're conservative, just so you're not like Kara, you are talking crazy numbers. Like this is actually lower than it would probably end up being. In forty years, this girl would have over six hundred thousand dollars. So. Instead of paying off loans that never worked out, she could have that much. And honestly, interest rates are generally higher because you're going to diversify what you're investing in. So that would could be like a million dollars. So um, I don't know her certain life situation, certainly, um, but just I'm doing the math, the numbers, right? That instead of having over $200,000 in debt and never being able to pay it off, if potentially she had been able to graduate from college debt-free, how much she could have just invested and gotten almost a million dollars, become a millionaire pretty much in the rest of her life. So anyways, there's a suggestion. So the next story is a guy named Rick. Now, I thought this might be um, kind of fear-inducing, inspiring to you guys, but honestly, it's it's a little sad. I do pray that this fellow Rick is able to get some um, help or Breakthrough or something to get him past this hump, but basically he currently has student loan outstanding balance of three hundred fifty thousand dollars. But unlike the other lady, it wasn't because he went for school that long; it was other life situation. So he graduated with a bachelor's and went to law school, but he was trying to work through law school and you know go to school at night, and it's just hard to be able to earn money with that and. At that point, his outstanding loan amount was $60,000, and after graduation, he was laid off, so he didn't get a good income. He ended up having to go through a divorce, you know, paying alimony, and then didn't have enough money to pay child support. And because of that, he lost his law license as a result of falling behind on child support. He went into Chapter 13 bankruptcy and then ended up in Chapter 7 bankruptcy with a discharge. Basically, even though he went through that, his student loan survived. I'm not sure how that all works specifically. There are times that you can declare bankruptcy and get covered for certain debts, but I don't think, but student loan doesn't always um, get wiped out for that. And so basically, his student loan debt came back and grew larger in volume you know, the interest kept racking up. At that point, he was $90,000 and he was 12 years after college. So basically, he was set up for a certain student loan repayment plan, but he lost ground over the last decade or so with various issues with work and job. And I'm talking about compound interest, right? You're like, oh, 90,000 is not going to jump up this fast. No, another, you know, 14 years or whatever, it bumped up to $350,000. Like what? 26 years after graduating he said there's no back he's going to be no way he's going to be able to pay back the loans he has no qualifying employment he's 62 years old um, he is a disabled veteran and he says i just hope my social security isn't stolen from me and now i am going into this first off let's pray for rick hopefully there's something that can boost him over and and get some hope for the situation. Secondly, I don't know all of his life situation. The issue with the divorce could have been horrible. She could have cheated on him and whatever else that happened. So I am not saying like poo-poo on Rick specifically, but I am going to talk about an idea of what could have worked differently just for your understanding. Um, If he could have started with trying to get through college debt-free, even if he had uh, lost a job after, and and got into a divorce after. He wouldn't have had that sixty thousand that would have grown to ninety, would have grown to three hundred fifty thousand dollars in interest, and um, loans to pay back. And so, not trying to be down on him specifically, but just that grew from the start of college, college time, right? And so, how much compound interest grows over time, not only to invest and hey become a millionaire, but also to uh could drag you down right the money could drag it down you down with it next we're going to talk about debbie and this is an example of um not trusting the government to just oh pay you know do loan forgiveness or whatever and just go ahead and do it because that'll probably happen because we don't know right this girl debbie um returned to college in 1996 to fulfill her dream of becoming a public school teacher now there are a lot of um like uh, official words or phrases I'm going to use in this that I don't quite entirely understand um, for different like paperwork and such. and that's just to show that it can get complicated. So basically the she was in a program where Oklahoma had offered financial assistance to teachers, but the program ended when she was halfway through her studies, so she decided to continue with her studies and finish it. Okay, like, makes sense. A lot of people have been able to pay back student loans. But listen to this. Every time, each year she would ask her financial aid office what her monthly payment would be upon graduation. Each time she was told about $50 per loan. So she assumed the total monthly payment would be about $200, but upon graduation she discovered that that figure was for each loan and that meant her payment was closer to 400 Basically, that was tough getting that sort of information, right? So then she graduated, went and started, you know, with a beginning salary of about $25,000 and that's when the nightmare began. After she graduated, she had about $35,000 in student loan debt, and that's a crazy amount back in 1999, you know, compared to—people don't even have that much now, and there's inflation. Then she got a letter from Sally May, which is connected to uh, the loan company, right, Uh, 90 days after graduation, said she was placed on forbearance because she didn't have a teaching job. And other loan administrators said she had no options for lower payments. She tried a consolidation loan, and it. I don't know how all of this works, as I'm not deep in the loan uh, market. But basically, all these complications took place, and it took longer to get it sorted out. So at that point, her student debt had grown to fifty-two thousand dollars because of interest. Right? We're talking about, um, we're talking about compound interest, and. She was told she wasn't didn't qualify for any, uh, relief. You know, student loan relief, uh, until she had made 120 payments on her loan. But she was not able to make partial payments. She had to make full payments, which she couldn't always keep up with. And also tying into that issue was back and forth delays, trying to get this to work. You know, when you're going through red tape, you know it takes a while to you know, get to the right person, the right phone call, send emails. And it just kept taking time and growing. The interest kept growing. And eventually she applied for a certain type of forbearance only to discover that all 10 years of her payments were forfeited forfeited, and none of them counted towards program eligibility. Like what? All this red tape, all these like small print and she was trying to get through it, but and in, in the people working at these companies, like them in and of themselves, didn't necessarily do it, but just the whole setup sounds confusing, not helpful, and scary. And basically, she had to start payments all over again to do this new qualification deal, and she basically had lost $36,000 in payments because the original ones didn't qualify towards the loan forgiveness. If you're confused, that's fine, because I'm confused too, but this just shows you how confusing it can get to pay back student loans. She was feeling boxed in. Now, let's going go on to some personal life. She had been caring for her son for 7 of those 10 years, and unfortunately, her son passed away in the summer of 2018. I told you these are kind of depressing stories, and I'm so sorry for her. I pray that they are held in comfort and encouraged. Um, but all of these issues with student loan things, she said, took precious time away that she could have spent with him. And at this instance, her account balance had grown to $81,000. She continued to reach out to different um advice, financial advisors. She actually sued U.S. Department of Education to get help with this. I'm skipping a lot of the parts of the story so I don't just read it like a professor reading uh, PowerPoint <laughs> in class. But basically, there's all of this junk going on. And her over this period of time, she kept trying to pay this off, but it kept growing with interest. And now she owes owes over $81,000. She said she's in her 19th year as a public school teacher. She is 57 years old. She hopes that there might be some sort of loan forgiveness at some point in the future before retirement, but she has little hope this will be resolved. Basically, what do we learn here? Compound interest is a beast. Um, red tape and fine print and trying to contact different companies on things take so much time. Interest grows and also there have been there has been talk over the years of student loan forgiveness and or like different programs that work but you can't trust that it will always stay around like sometimes it might end after a few years and you're already in it. Just imagine if this lady had been able to finish college debt free and not have all of this junk headache and also time with her son. And I am not getting down on her specifically because it wasn't as much known that you could go through stuff debt-free as much then, Um, you know, or just other life situations. But I'm just saying the concept of if she could have been able to would have saved her all this time and just time with her family and the headache of all of this. Honestly, this is a really sad story. I'm not sure I really want to read the next couple, but I'm trying to get through it to give you guys some inspiration that... Like I said, sometimes people are inspired by good stories, and sometimes people are just scared by bad stories. So um, I hope that this can inspire you to look into ways in your life that you can graduate from college debt-free. So this next story might be triggering to some people. There is reference to uh, abuse, so I just want to give a heads up for that. But this girl, let's see, her name is Jennifer, or at least the name that was given here is Jennifer. Jennifer. And um, I'm going to skip over some of the details, but she grew up in a violent home um, around her mother, who was just, had such a tight hold on her. And as she was a junior in high school, one of her teachers heard her sing and pulled some strings that she had at Berkeley College of Music and brought a scholarship package to school and gave it to her to look into. And her abusive mother came home and ripped it out of her hands, yelled at her that she was stupid, and drove her down to Virginia to a for-profit college and enrolled her in a degree program. She had no interest and um, her mom made her take him online so that she could maintain a very tight control over her and keep her isolated. You know, she ended up being not still not a minor, like she was an adult, but it was considered a obviously domestic violence situation um, because she had grown up in the situation and she didn't have a job otherwise, couldn't get out of it until she was 25 and she ran away from home and definitely dealt with PTSD, right? And she received no degree in the mail. I'm not sure what's up with that school. I don't know what school she went to, but um, nothing ended up in a degree. She never marched in cap and gown. But she also was notified she had student loans with the total amount of $75,000. Um, what? She explained to the U.S. Department of Education, um, to the Educational Credit Management Corporation, that all of her loans were signed during a time of uh, duress and undue influence. She thought that saying no would lead to a physically dangerous situation. So she's trying to be notified them that the student loans were another form of abuse and, and she was made to sign them. And she's trying to get some help in these sorts of situations. So first off, if this is your situation in in any way um the first step is definitely getting being safe and and getting away you know and um i don't have i am not skilled in all the details on that but there are certainly hotlines and and texting lines um for domestic abuse domestic violence you can google that to ask about some steps and help to get through such a situation and get out of it but just telling you how there are some issues that have popped up with student loans and and this is not because of the girl's fault it's stuff that her mom put her in but basically she now she's trying to go through all sorts of things to provide court documents um, to get police records of statements that she was abused and you know invalidate the loans she's they apparently the government or the maybe not the government the educational credit management corporation started to um garnish her wages, taking four hundred a month of her income to pay on these loans, which again, like we've talked about, there could have been a lot more interest, so it's still growing. The loans are still growing. And she struggled with employment for the last year. And she's trying to get her story heard to cast a wider net in seeking counsel and help. And because she's trying to get her story heard, this probably is her real name. So if you're interested in looking her up, her name is Jennifer Tucker. But that's just Horrifying and sad. And I'm so sorry to hear that, Jennifer. We pray for all these people to get some sort of um, boost and and change to overcome these struggles in their life. Again, if you're depressed at this point, you know, feel free to um, stop listening. But this next story will reference uh, someone close to her dying as well. So just a heads up. But um, Sally Ann Harper, she said back in the 80s, she borrowed about $26,000 from the bank. Um, to help medical students, right? And okay, she went and um, finished, worked on college, and she unfortunately had to declare bankruptcy back in the 90s. Okay, so I don't know all the details for that, but that certainly can happen. Apparently, once that happened, the loan officer, or the loan servicer sent her loan into default, and she was not in cloud... In allowed to include her loan regarding her student loans in her bankruptcy apparently the laws had been changed to prevent it i don't know all the details on the laws there she but in the next five years she had worked hard to repay the loan but despite her efforts the loan balance had ballooned because of interest we've talked about interest to forty thousand dollars when it was sold back to the government by this bank after default okay So she kept working and faithfully paying the U.S. Department of uh, Health and Human Services, just who had the loan at that point, um, her $500 per month for the next five years, totaling $37,700. Let's pause again right here because we haven't done this in a little while. But let's say instead of doing that, this lady had been able to... Let's see, $500 a month. If she invested that for 40 years at 10% interest, as I had said before, I had tried it at 5%, um, but I was just trying to play it safe. Like, this is the end of the episode. Let's talk about yeah, it's more realistic. You might not always get 10%, but it's more realistic that you can get closer to 10% if you diversify for retirement, you know, get a good financial advisor to direct you through that. But let's say this person was able to do that instead of pay off her loans. In 40 years with um, annual compounding, she would have 2655500 and $53.33. Okay, so basically $2.7 million. Like what? If she had graduated college debt-free and just invested that money instead of having to pay it off, then over $2 million, almost $3 million could be possible. But here she is saying over the next couple of years, she paid that much off. And to date... At that point, she had total paid off $50,000, but she stopped being able to pay any student loan debt in 2008 because her husband developed severe mental health problems. They had to declare bankruptcy. Um, In 2015, her husband had died, which I'm so sorry. These stories are very depressing. I pray she is encouraged and helped in her whole situation. But after she was emerging from bankruptcy in 2018, the DHHS contacted her and claimed that she owed ninety nine thousand, ninety nine, yeah, ninety nine thousand dollars on her student loans. Like what? And she, <laughs> she in no way was told how they came to that number. Ultimately, they did credit her payments and reduce the balance to fifty five thousand dollars. But then. She just had to keep going on. She had to sign papers acknowledging that that was the current balance, but she refused to sign them, so they kept charging her interest on the loan. She's spent the last two years trying to get a hearing from Social Security, um, but she says since the U.S. government is the creditor, nobody cares. You know, I don't know all the details of her situation, but this just sounds crazy stressful and terrible. She is now a 68-year-old widow, still raising her teenage daughter. She's a Vietnam veteran. Her job is very physical, and she's not sure how long she'll be able to continue working. Every month, she receives a statement from Social Security um, showing how much money they are taking out of it, the check to pay this off this loan, and she's just, I mean, this has brought her whole life down connected to money. Now, let me clarify. All of this isn't, I'm not saying out of all these people, and her specifically, that all of this is you know, her fault or something, or, you know, it's terrible with her husband getting sick and all the other things. And a lot of these stories, um, people couldn't control what happened to them, right? But some of them, they could in the basic situation. And I'm not getting on them specifically because they might not have been shown that it was possible to go through college debt-free. But imagine all these people, if they were potentially able to you know had known about it and what it, you know weren't in that abusive situation that that changed things if they were able to learn about it and be like no it's going to be hard but I'm going to graduate from college debt-free here's what I say to you guys choose your hard it is hard to try to figure out other ways to graduate debt-free not get loans maybe it takes longer maybe it's stressful you feel like you're running behind but it's also hard to go through these five stories I just listed. Not everyone who has student loans will go through this situation, no. But if you have student loans, it raises the option that you might go through this situation. So all I can say is choose your hard. Why not at least give it a whirl to try to graduate without loans or without more loans if you already have some, you know, just proceed onward. And if you get to a point that you're done with college and loans are paid off or you had no loans and you're able to start saving for retirement instead of paying four or five hundred dollars or more every month in student loans what if you invested it in your retirement for 40 50 years you got over one to two million dollars in there compound interest works both ways guys don't be a slave to money and to student loans these horror stories prove it to you and if you do have student loans Go check out Dave Ramsey, his baby steps, his easy step-by-step baby steps to get out of debt and to have financial freedom, financial peace, and to build wealth and be able to have compound interest work for you and not against you. So I hope these stories, this is a lot for me to go through and kind of depressing, um, inspire you in the opposite way, you know, um, to kind of scare you away from them. I The last episode was included positive stories, and this is kind of negative stories. Different people are motivated different ways. If you're interested in learning more how to graduate debt-free, go ahead and binge listen to some of my episodes. Please go join our Facebook group, the Christian College Girl Community Dash Scholarships and Graduate Debt Free. And if you don't know, I am developing an online course that can help you In your specific situation that I teach you how to fish. (laughs) You know, instead of giving you a fish, I teach you, based on my story and others, how you can look for and find scholarships and cheaper schools and different ways to graduate debt-free. So it'll be an online course that you can do at your own pace, and I'm planning on having that come out before July. So I don't have an exact date yet, so stay in the loop. Join the Facebook group Um, that is also the link is in the description below and I'd love to have you join the journey so you can run away, run away like crazy from student loan debt. Thank you so much, guys. I hope this inspires you and ask God that he would just cover over you, inspire and encourage you that this is truly possible, this freedom for your life over money, and that he will give you steps to do this with him. Praise you, Lord. We thank you for that. And I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this unique episode. If there's a bunch of downloads and a lot of popularity out of this episode, then I can do more like this to inspire you guys. Let me know. Until next time, have a great day. Bye. Hey, girl. Okay. So before you run off to calculus, if this podcast has brought you any encouragement, would you please write a review on iTunes or take a screenshot, post it in your Insta stories, and tag me?